0: Hey there, welcome to the Pine Island Experience podcast. I'm Joanna Anderson with my husband, Trig Each of our episodes will be conversations with fellow Pine Islanders.
1: The goal of our podcast is to share with you our experiences, what we have found to be fun, and what makes the Pine Island experience so unique.
2: been you know I was one of those kids that was running out in the woods you know building forts playing with stuff you know chasing raccoons whatever yeah so living here and seeing the nature that's here that's that's the thing I love most about Pine Island you know like my probably favorite hike is right over there the St. Dude Trail walking down that trail and seeing all the stuff I mean it's beautiful here people move <laughs> they do what they, animals do too but you know people have a mind of their own I have done some people's stuff. I have done weddings with my friends that are wedding photographers and it's it's fine. I enjoy doing that too, but it's, that's not my, that's never been my thing.
0: You heard Nicole Chiquino, the owner of Matt Lachey Post Office Gallery and Gifts, answering the question on how she became interested in landscape and macro photography. Nicole has worked in the Matt Lachey Post Office Gallery and Gifts for over 23 years and has owned the business for over six years. Nicole loves taking pictures of nature on Pine Island because it makes her happy. And she loves making the pictures the best they can be for other people to enjoy. And now here's Nicole. We have with us today Nicole Chicchino. Um, very, very happy to get you here. We've been admiring your artwork. Um, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Certainly. Well, we always start in the beginning. You probably heard that on a couple of them. We want to start. Where you began, you know, where you were born, where you grew up, where you went to school. Sure. Can you tell us a little bit? Uh,
2: yeah. Um. My family actually moved here in the 70s from Chicago. I was born here. I have lived here my entire life. So I and my brother as well. We are true Pine Islanders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. And that was in the I was I'm not going to say old. I was late 70s, <laughs> late 70s. So we've been here through it all. We've seen the island as it's grown and what it is now. So that that's my my origin story. I went to school on Pine, at Pine Island Elementary. You know, wow, yeah, that's back fantastic. then they had a middle school. Went to middle school there. <laughs> so you didn't have to take the long bus ride. No, nope, not until high school. Well, went to Trafalgar, which is not long. Cape Coral, mm-hmm. you know, that was pretty local, but
1: yeah. So they're living in and around the Chicago area.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Pine Island is not a common destination for people if you're not. Aware of yeah. a detailed knowledge of Southwest Florida, do you remember how they ended up choosing Pine Island?
2: Yeah, I, my dad would would come here visiting. I think he had a friend or something, and they he he's always been into like wildlife and animals and doing things like that. So he would come here visiting, and he drugged my mom here. They both have been business owners on the island. My mom still is a business owner here, so they they, they both loved it. They yeah, you know how you not love Pine Island when you when you and back then it was really small, you know, like dirt road on burnt store, kind of small. So it was very off the beaten path. But I think, you know, like a lot of people, when they grow up in the cities, they want to escape to something small and nice and quiet, especially when, you know, you're trying to build a family. So they they had grown up in the city. So they had seen some stuff back then ready for a change.
1: Yeah, that is kind of the F the Omega. So 8 million people then to come to at that time, Little Pine Island, so mm-hmm. uh, unknown, small, old Florida, Yeah, uh, not a lot of development. That's a, That was a real change.
2: Yeah, but it, it's actually surprising how many people you run into, though, that you did know from there. Like, people that will walk in the post office and be like, I live down the street from your parents. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, it's it, small it, world. Everyone seems to end up here at some point in life. I don't know why, if they're just passing through or whatever, but somehow. A lot <laughs> somehow of
1: Westerners too. Yeah, yeah. If you find
2: Wisconsin and stuff, too. Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio, Michigan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yep, We see them all, especially at the post office. (laughs)
0: When did you first discover photography? How old were you?
2: Um, I got into photography back in high school. Um, We had a really great photography lab in high school at Mariner. And I, I took that for several years. I didn't really get into it probably until... I don't know, maybe eight or nine years ago because I I was always into it, but I didn't have a good equipment until then. And uh, yeah, my brother bought me a camera, a Nikon. That was a nicer one. And then I was like, you know, how do you not? I I am a a nature person, so I don't take people pictures. I take nature, and landscape, sunsets, that kind of thing. So that this is a perfect area for that. You, You can't not take a picture when you go outside at sunset and see these things. People do it all day long here. You know? So that's kind of how I got into it. And I was already um working at the post office when I was like, I can, you know, just saying they, people are like, you should sell your stuff. You should do that. And I'm like, all right, I will. So, <laughs> so I started doing that. I started doing prints and which I have at the post office available and I postcards, things like that with, with my photography. And
1: do you remember your first camera? I'm always fascinated. Like when people get started, um, you know, like mine was uh, you know, manual, you had to put the film into it, those kinds of things.
2: Yeah. Um, I do actually, I remember, you know, it's kind of like how people when they're young, they want a pony. I wanted a camera and Mm -hmm. my mom got me like this little Vivitar camera and I was like, this is not what I meant, (laughs) (laughs) but it was a good starter camera. I wanted, you know, the fancy bells and whistles, digital camera. This is just like a little Vivitar camera. I think I still have it somewhere though. I'm pretty sure I do. And it probably doesn't work, but that was my my very first camera when I was probably still in high school. And she got me a tripod to go with it. So I was, cool. had my Vivitar and my tripod taking pictures.
1: And what an advantage to have that lab. I know my my high school had a lab. And I think that really fueled a lot of people's interest. We actually, uh, one guy would take pictures at the high school sporting events. And we would actually take the enlarger and rotate it 90 degrees and project it all the way across the room and then try to make a, you know, I don't, well, roll printers may have existed, but only a professional shop. So we would actually masking tape uh, the paper up onto the wall and project. And then, of course, you weren't doing six, seven, eight seconds with that low light. Uh, you were like locking the door so people couldn't come in for like two minutes while the paper got, pr- and then you had to roll the paper through the trays. But even so, you learned a tremendous amount without a lot of cost, to be honest with you, right? Because the chemicals and the equipment is all purchased by the school system.
0: Is that what you yeah. did? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, they don't have that anymore because of digi- digital now. But that photo lab was amazing. And that really, it, it's just to see it and do it with your own hands and to create it from, from you know, processing the film to, to actually using the enlargers. And doing, it was, uh, my high school teacher, his name was Mr. Frank. He was great. Like, if I could spend all day in that photo lab, I would have. It was, and a lot of kids loved it. I mean, it was, it was a great learning experience. It's really a shame they don't still do that, but there's not a need as much for that anymore now that digital is a thing.
0: Is that where you learn composition and lighting? Yeah, yep, and- yep, they teach you all that stuff. And I learned a lot in that.
2: And stuff that you don't think you're necessarily going to remember, you do. <laughs> you do when you're actually a photographer and, you know, using your, your site to see what's good. What's this is the the spot to look for because of people like that, that teach you lighting and all that, the moods and all the different things that go into photography. It it was, I, I know that there's probably still places that do that, that offer just like ceramic classes. I'm sure there's photography dark rooms out there, but there should be more of it because it's a really good tool for kids that are interested in photography to learn the basics of that before they go into just the point and shoot, you know, I love my digital camera. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but that was, and I did have a, a small after high school. I had a small like dark room in my laundry room. <laughs> it didn't last I was gonna very say, long. Did you do the dark? I, I did. I, ended I still up having have yeah. a dark
1: room at my folks' yeah, house. For a while.
2: Yeah, I still have the enlarger, but it didn't work out that well because you really got to have it really well you know it's got to be a real legit dark room and anything yes. reflective it wrecks everything so it For was it was hard. under
1: the door just yeah, like you yeah. stuff the towel down there yeah
2: yeah we had our washer and dryer in there and i was like <laughs> something is messing up my lighting it worked but it wasn't it wasn't great
1: <laughs> on those other things you mentioned like the composition lighting um do you find that's kind of become second nature because i think a lot of people look at something you might have just walked up set up taking the picture but the stuff you've done automatically in terms of the exposure data and and those kinds of things and and the, you know and then you can obviously you probably still shoot a bunch and you say that's not very good that's not very good here's the here's a keeper here's one that I really like that it. but it's it's funny how that goes from a conscious process where you're almost doing a mental checklist into where it becomes just second nature and you're interpreting it based upon experience that much faster
2: yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it's probably different for a lot of different people, but a lot of my stuff is trial and error and I will just take a million pictures until I get what I want. But I do know the basic adjustments of what I'm going to do, especially with the lighting. You know, I, for a while I was into astrophotography and doing star trails and night stuff. And that's a totally different world and different settings. And, but I, I knew it, I, you know, you figure it out and you, you get stuck with it. And then Going from that to then going, Let me go get that sunset. It's like, oh, I gotta readjust everything on my camera because I was taking dark, dark pictures. <laughs> you yeah. know. And some photographers that I know really well like to shoot things way darker because they know in editing they're going to enhance it in a different way that's gonna mm-hmm. bring out different coloring right. than what I would necessarily do. Cause you know, everybody's different. But but
0: yeah, you know. Did you ever leave a setting on and you forgot and then your photos didn't turn on? Sure. That would happen to me. Yeah. And yep. you're like, oh my gosh, I yep.
2: just wasted all that. Yep. Well, I, I do a lot of manual shooting, and then sometimes I'll be like, forget that it was in manual, and think I'm, you know, if I'm taking a picture of my cat real quick or something, and it's, I think it's an automatic, and I'm like, that's a white picture. I did not get that shot. <laughs> that happens, but and that is why you know digital photography is good because you don't have to wait till you develop the film and see what you messed up. You know.
1: You know, originally it's like digital's bad, digital's bad. Well we can argue the pros and cons of that. But the amazing thing to me is it allowed digital allows for the trial and error. And if you take, go out and do four five, 600 shots and you come home and none of them worked. Okay. Oh, you've, you just erased the memory card and you're starting back. So you spent some time, but you probably learned something where <clears throat> how many rolls of film would that have taken? Like 20 rolls of film and the expense to go through all that. So, um, It's always. I wonder if that does, well, if people are willing to look at the picture, remember what they did or understand the settings at the time and how it didn't turn out the way they wanted, you know, that has afforded, in theory, a lot of opportunities to learn more and improve yourself.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure they took that serious back then, like you did not try to make those mistakes because it was, you know, being in a smaller town. You would somehow at times have to send that away, and you would wait weeks to get those pictures back. you know? And now it's it is people that still do that. It is expensive now because there's only a few labs that actually do that. It, it, it's art. it is art. And- Just like with painting, if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. You got to figure out how to fix
0: it. But I like the opposite where you didn't think any of them were good. And then Then they, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I luck, it was luck. Yeah. But for me, yeah. Not for you guys, but oh. Yeah. That 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 sometimes happens to me with
2: with editing them. Like I I tend to like the HDR effects and I I like to make things brighter and I'll bring out the lighting and the sun and I'll be like, oh my God, now it just went from good to being. (laughs) amazing you know and I that's my favorite part is makes you, you happy see a really good shot that you got mm-hmm. you know on your little camera screen it could look good but when you actually do it and you get it on the computer you're like that looks great that's exactly what I wanted
0: yeah. I'm just happy when it's in focus you
2: know? yeah yeah that's always a good thing <laughs> that's focus, a good thing straight especially <laughs> with like landscapes they do a lot of uh wide angle shots yeah. and that's sometimes it's hard to get the landscape straight I guess <laughs> you know, it, it warps it a little like <laughs> but I have got that kind of figured out i think
1: <laughs> yeah. well and you've got if you said sun or sun sets, excuse me so there's mm-hmm. a lot of changing light well, yeah. that you're constantly adjusting yeah. to correct
2: yep yeah especially uh i haven't done it in a while but i used to like doing like the time exposures where it would you know you delay it so that you get more stuff and it can go from pinks to yellows to gray within like 10 seconds sometimes mm-hmm. so you are really adjusting for that to try to Try to catch it all. I think actually the prettiest is after the sun goes down and it goes to the pinks and then gets magenta colors and stuff like that. And I mean, the camera can catch way more than what an eye can see sometimes. Mm-hmm. But there, like you said, there are some things that they kind of color correct. And I mean, even print labs color correct sometimes for you. Yes. And you're like, I didn't ask you to do that. Now you yeah. changed my colors. <laughs> so it is. It is. And you know, and even when you're looking on a computer screen, what it's showing you can be. Not what you saw or what your camera saw. You know, there's a lot of different factors in that, but just kind of make it the best you can. I try. <laughs> so you said do. you don't
1: shoot people. Um, I what don't. got you into? What do you think drove that interest in those things that you do? So you mentioned some landscapes, some sunsets, some um, astrophotography, etc. Where where do you think driving for that, or or you know where did the enjoyment come that made you focus over there versus you know, yeah. there's wedding photographers and portraiture
2: yeah. and those kinds of things. Yeah. um, I think just really living here. I've always been, you know, I was one of those kids that was running out in the woods, you know, building forts, playing with stuff, you know, chasing raccoons, whatever. Yeah. So living here and seeing the nature that's here, that's that's the thing I love most about Pine Island. You know, like um, my probably favorite hike is right over there, the St. Jude Trail, mm-hmm. walking down that trail and seeing all the stuff. I mean, it's beautiful here. People move. <laughs> they do what they- animals do too. But yeah, you know, people have a mind of their own. I have done some people's stuff. I have done weddings with my friends that are wedding photographers and it's it's fine. I enjoy doing that too, but it's that's not my, that's never been my thing. Mm-hmm. You know? And also a part of it was that when people want to pay you to do stuff, it's not as fun anymore. And right. you know, when they're like, can I hire you? To-? <laughs> then it's like, You have to produce really good stuff for them, not for you and what Mm -hmm. you want to show. And, like, like I've done, uh, I used to do the mermaid festival uh, at Burt's Pine Bay. And I did that a few times just to volunteer. And there were friends of mine and stuff. And that was fun. It's just not what I, not my passion. You know what I mean? Not what I want to see. I love seeing, you know, the perfect bird flying. (laughs) Like, even insects bees i love bees bees flying around looking cute Uh, and the macro shots when you can get those little things and actually see the little fuzzies like that you don't see with your eye Mm -hmm. Uh, that stuff that excites me when i actually see it
1: So talk a little bit more about macro because i think maybe some people don't fully understand so you're at least changing the lens or some other accessory on, on the camera and then but describe kind of how you go through that process and the changes with your setup
2: sure um, yeah, there's macro lenses that, and it's just really, sometimes you have to be farther away, depending on the lens, to zoom in on something, to get a really clear shot. And yeah, the digital cameras, again, the stuff that they can do and the, taking a picture of a moving thing that's minuscule, even like an ant sometimes, it, you know, the better, obviously, quality of lens you get, the better or, you know, the bigger or whatever. It, it's going to get that little tiny shot. And there's be, you can even get stuff for your cell phones that do that now to do macro things. There can be little, it's almost like a microscope, you know, and you can zoom in on a, a piece of fungus on a tree and see all of these things. It, it's amazing. But yeah, like everything else, there's for stuff like that, you got to be in manual settings and get the right exposure. And I prefer to be a little bit farther away and use a more zoomed in lens, but everyone's different. Everyone makes it work in their own way. You know, I have friends that are really into it, and they, they they get all the equipment and they get really in there to see some <laughs> things. And I'm
0: just like, look at my bee; <laughs> he's cute. <laughs> but your bee flies away. That's what's you know, you're sitting there. Oh, I finally got and they
2: yeah, flew. It, it can be hard because you got to <laughs> sit there for a minute. They they they're busy, but and again, it kind of is silly because I'm like, people move. Well, you know, yeah. as a the last few years with COVID and everything that's gone on with the hurricane and our landscapes and stuff, I've been volunteering at, at Helping Paws. Shout out to Helping Paws, um, our island cat sanctuary. Most of my photography has been of the cats there, <laughs> and they are definitely moving. <laughs> they do not want to sit still. But I, you know, that makes me happy because it's not even about getting a really good cat shot. It's about someone might see that picture and mm-hmm. be like, "I need that cat. I want to adopt that cat and bring it home and be part of my family." And that that actually makes me feel like I'm really doing something helpful. You know, you are.
0: You are, because they're going to see a cat, and it's like, that looks like Fluffy. I want yeah, that cat. Yeah,
2: yep, and and we get a lot of that. I mean, a lot of the people that come in there have seen pictures on Facebook and, and things like that. I also run their TikTok, and we make videos every week. We we do a little weekly Catterday News Oh, those video. are adorable. Yeah. Yeah, so so we yeah. make that happen, and it just— uh, Yeah,
0: Marnie said she had someone doing all yeah, that. I didn't that, know that, it was you. That's me. Yeah.
2: yeah Marnie, you know, so we're, we're talking about her earlier. She's a great person, the stuff she does there— yeah, so if anyone's out there is looking to adopt a cat, we have a great shelter on the island that has over a hundred cats looking for homes. And lots, all of- all ages. Yeah, <laughs> lots of cats. Yes, lots. Of I animals. I do enjoy taking pictures of them and doing those videos. Every well, their faces
0: video. are adorable. They are. Yeah. They
2: are, and then you know, shelter cats. Like I said, they're all ages. The kittens are cute. It's of course cute to take pictures of cute kittens. But then we have there's a lot of senior cats, and they don't always look the best. <laughs> but I try to take pictures of them, making them look as great as I can because they're great cats. They uh, deserve a right. home too, just because they're older, you know, that doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> so you talked about the goal of that photography being mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily driven by your artistry right. per se, but that somebody wants to adapt. Does, it, does that not somewhat then wrap over into your landscapes and your sunsets because sure. you're not just taking, I mean, what are your goals? I guess when you, when you look at the shot or the scene and you're thinking about all the settings and the composition, et cetera, that, you're trying to uh, uh, get somebody to feel something or think something when they see it, correct? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I personally, it makes me happy. So I want other people to see it and them to be, you feel an emotion by it, or, you know, even if it's just, that makes them feel at peace, you know, to see something like that or something that maybe they can't get there to see it. it. Unfortunately that the last few years, it's been different, but before that taking those photos and sharing them, like I'm not, you know, I'll post them on Facebook. We we have the Pine Island Facebook pages and stuff like that. It does drive a lot of people there. So mm-hmm. that became very hard to go to the, my favorite places because there'd be like 50 people there taking pictures of it. You know, that's an unfortunate side effect of sharing our great island with the world. But I don't know. I, I like to try to take it and make it the best that I can see it for other people to enjoy it. But yeah, and I guess that is similar with the cats. I mean, it just brings me happiness to do that in hopes that it helps somebody.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, because, and I'm sure you've experienced it, there can be a shot that's well composed, very good technically, but as you're sitting at your computer doing it, you kind of go, yeah, it's just blah, yeah, right? Yeah, it's happens. It's, it's, it's okay, it's nice.
2: I'm very critical on my own self, yes.
1: Yes, <laughs> you know, but then you are. can take something else and you... Can see, you know, it it recreates what you saw when you were there. And I think that that's probably the game changer in terms of what then you derive happiness and then hopefully somebody else does.
2: Yes. Yeah. And, you know, like, like you said, you can take the shot. I have a shot that's, it's in in the end of Bochelia. It's, there used to be like a couple of uh, chairs sitting out by some palm trees and you could see the pier in the background. And, and I turned by that. So many times. And I was like, I want to take a picture of that. And I was like, I'm going to do it today. And so I stopped, took a picture, a couple pictures, got home. I'm like, just not right. So I went back like three or four days until I got the picture that made me happy. You know what I mean? And it, it's the same exact thing. It's just the lighting, anything, the sun, it, it's never the same. We never get the same sunsets twice here, you know? So it's like, I need to get this perfect. And, and you know, like I said, I'm very, all artists are tend to be critical of themselves, but I'm like, just slightly out of focus, something no one else would ever see. They'd be like, that looks perfect. And I'm like, nope, it needs to be sharper. <laughs> but, yeah, you can take a million shots and not be happy with it until you get the one you like. Or you can be like,
0: I like them all, you know. You just. But that's normal for a photographer. People yeah. don't understand that yeah. you're supposed to You go back and you back, go back you go and back, back. You go back. And yeah. get it just the yeah. way you want it.
2: Yeah, I mean, there, there were times that I've, I've done that. In a, you know, Gulp Preserve first open, I would go there almost every day. Just every day, waiting for like the right shot of something reflecting off the water or something like that, and nobody would be there. I mean, it is like I would be there all by myself. The gates would close. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm here forever. But, <laughs> but then there there have been times when it's busy. It's still kind of quiet there, and I think that's a great spot. Like I do too. It's beautiful out there. I love when people come out and they see their dogs playing. I'm like that's so cute. <laughs> it, it's a great area. That this the whole island is like that though. There's a lot of spots and there's places people don't even know about that are hidden. We got salt flats back there in St. James. You got to hike through mangroves and woods to get to them. But
0: well, you uh, can cool. follow the power lines yeah. back and, yeah. and go way back there. And you're I didn't know this was yeah. back here. And yeah. you get all the way to the water. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we are an island. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, we're on an island. island. It,
2: <laughs> there's stuff people don't know about. And, you know, if you're not particularly into nature, you wouldn't even know any of that stuff. But this, this area, St. James, they got a lot of trails, a lot of hiking spots, a lot of great things. And like I said, St. Jude, it's always been one of my favorites to to walk. Huh? It's nice. I like it.
0: I like. And it's coming back. Yeah, the uh, Williamson brothers. Oh, good. Took the bid, in there. and, they're, and they're we were exit. we uh-huh. had a work party there just to help clear it some more, and then they're coming out. Oh, good. God bless them for it needs to be. putting that pier back out there. Yeah, it's a big job.
2: And I love that pier, and I love all the names on it. It's, so,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, with what happened with the hurricane, that was pretty devastating to our our landscapes to everything but how long have
1: you been with the uh post office
2: um i have i was trying to do the the math on this because i've just been saying like 20 years forever it seems like but (laughs) but um i think it's been around 22 years is what i came up with is what i think um i've i started i've done it did a lot of odd jobs on the island and stuff but um i started part-time working for a lady named laurel and she um her she was a generational pine island family she recently moved to south carolina after the hurricane but i started working part-time for her um i think i worked for her for quite a few years and um she retired and the the malachia post office is a community post office it's like a contract office it's similar it's it's grandfathered into being a community post office it was established i i can't tell you the exact date sometime in the 40s and the 50s Um, as a community post office because it was a rural area that didn't have a main post office. So Uh, we've been grandfathered into that. Uh, we're, we're not a pack and ship. We are, we're almost like a satellite office for the main office, which Uh, would now be the newer Cape Coral office. We were the Fort Myers, but, um, so we are all the same prices, all the same, everything. It's just a little bit different setup. We're contracted. We're not federal. We're contracted with them. Um, but so I worked for her. She retired. Um, the contract went up for bid. And I did bid on it, but I was much younger then and I wasn't really fully ready to become a business owner at that time. Um, Somebody else got the bid who took it over and uh, I did for a while work for the Cape Coral Post Office, but I ended up being like, I want to go back to Mount Lachey and she needed, I already knew the job. I knew everything about it. I'd worked for years there. So um, I worked with her. Her name was Diane and we were, we're still friends. She retired about seven years ago. She moved up north to be closer to her family and I took it over then. Um, so yeah, it's almost seven years that I've actually run it, but I've been there for about 22
0: years, long time, a long yeah. time. How do you like so, being in charge now? I mean, that's, it's been years though, right? Yeah. Six years, seven
2: yeah. years. And, you know, like, I work full time there. So I basically am now just paying the bills. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I do the job and pay the bills. It, yeah, I've always wanted to be my own boss. That's so kind of who I, you know, I, I consider myself a Jill of all trades. I try to do a lot of everything, you know, but it, you know, being a business owner is hard. It, it is mm-hmm. hard, especially when you go through challenges like a major hurricane. <laughs> yeah. you know, that was in, Matt Lachey, yeah. in Matt Lachey. In yeah. Um, you, you don't get to just clock off and go home. It's 24 hours a day. It's like when I'm not at work, and I'm thinking about something or needing to order something or there's something happening. You know? So it comes with its challenges, but I probably wouldn't have it any other way. You know, like I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the people. That's when I worked for Cape Coral at the Cape Coral office, I was like you know, you get used to seeing the same people in a small community a lot and it feels like almost like family. So, you know, I wanted to go back and I'm glad I did. I, I, you know, when I started working at the post office part-time, I was um, also working with my mom. She had a beauty shop in Matlache for about 25 years. And I was like, I'm going to start doing that. And I just had that feeling like that one day I'm probably going to be owning that place. I just had that feeling. And
0: and that's what- came true. What happened, yeah. How long? When when did the gifts and gallery uh, artwork um, come in? Yeah,
2: to they kind of as the years passed, the post office has changed rules on contract offices, and they kind of put the community post office in with contract units. And to have that, you had to have a separate business established because basically um, they pay me a, pay me an amount to just pay all the bills and run the place for them. So all the postal revenue is theirs. I just, they pay me to run it. Um, When newer offices, it's more like you get a percentage of your sales. But this is, like I said, it's a grandfathered-in situation. But um, So I forgot your question.
0: No, I was just (laughs) wondering, has it always had artwork, the the, galleries and the gifts?
2: So originally the very first owner, she sold like little things, like, you know, padded envelopes and shipping supplies. And then Diane, when she took it over, she tried to, build it up. That's more of like a, they can only give you a certain amount from the post office. So you kind of need to make that extra money to help pay for employees and things like that. So uh, she built it up. And then I was like, I already do all this artwork stuff. I've been selling some prints. I'm like, I'm going to really lean hard into doing that and doing things like more Matlaché based, like the souvenirs. Like, you know, we do all kinds of stuff, coasters and things, stuff that has more meaning to the island, you know, and, and I've, I've tried to build that up as much as I can, just because like I said, the post office, you know, that's like, well, the post office always in the red. <laughs> you know? They're like, you need to do better on your other side. And I'm like, I try. And, you know, you see some of these, the contract offices that'll be small ones that are in like department stores, you know, like, they're like oh, there's a little Amazon does stuff in Kohl's, things like that. That's a different story. We're we're little, we're little, <laughs> but we do well for the post office. You know, it makes sense. Like they they've tried to close down a lot of contract offices, but it's they don't have to pay benefits they don't have to pay insurance they're like it's just revenue for them and we were established as a post office i say we're a post office with a gift store not a gift store with a post office Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we're trying to kind of make it as much as we can build that up to make it equal and people come in every day that are like oh post office it's selling these things (laughs) you know and it's like we're a little different here in matlache which we try to be we try to be you know
0: Plus with Malaché, you think of art, you do, you know, art galleries. How perfect is that? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I did have a bigger wall with art stuff. It's hard. It's a small space. So you kind of try to make it fit the way you can make it fit. But yeah, I, I, you know, if people can stand in line and and look at a beautiful picture, you know, that's kind of the goal.
0: (laughs) So what, what are some of the more popular? I think the puzzles are definitely popular of um, your photography and puzzles. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I saw the doggy shirts. I just Is recently, that new?
2: That's new. Oh, I, I want to get one I got a a, I got a cricket machine, and now I'm all like, well, what can I make with this cricket machine? And I've, I've been making a doggy shirts and bandanas. So <laughs> I was getting the coasters made. Now I'm making them
0: myself, so you know, the key And they chains. have the zip codes on them. I saw your coasters. Yeah, the coasters
2: have the zip codes. So I got, you know, St. James. St. James City, yeah, LHA, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's fun. I, I've
2: always been into, like, you know, creating and crafting and doing my own thing. So it, again, it, it, it's not cheap to do things yourself, no. but I like doing it. I like making something myself and having it there, but, you know, I'm always trying to hustle. I also make candles that are there. My uh, employee, she does her own bath soaps and bath products, uh, Siren and Sea Foam Soap Company. You look it up on Facebook. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, we, you know, that we kind of gravitate towards being creative people and we have a platform to provide that, those things you know and have our products out there
0: what would yeah. you say is your most popular item or items besides In the, the puzzles? gift store yeah. um
2: yeah, the puzzles do really well mm-hmm. um my prints do really well too um the coasters have done great i'm not the most popular one that's a hard one. Obviously, probably postcards, just because of the post office. Yes,
0: we get a lot. They of want postcards anyway. And they want local
2: postcards, <laughs> yeah. which is hard to find. I mean, you get Florida postcards, right. you know, at the drugstore or whatever. But but actual local ones that say Pine Island and all that stuff. Yeah, those those.
0: And those, those stuff, a lot of them are yours,
2: right? Your food, yeah, they're photography. All, yeah, they're all yeah, yours. Yeah, oh, make
0: them. So how yep. great is that? I think there's one
2: that's not mine, and it's a picture of. The old post office in mm-hmm. Malachay that was from like the 50s. That was you weren't I born yet. I <laughs> was not born yet to take that picture. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so I replicated that just because it's a cool picture. It's neat to see what it used to be. It used to be like an outdoor, it was a grocery store and they had mailboxes and it was just all outdoor and you'd walk up to the window and
0: <laughs> that's very, that's cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, and the post office, it's been in the same spot and since that building was built in 1970. So we've been there a long time. And <laughs> it survived. It, it Amazing. like
0: Yeah. It I, must I, be up the hill a little bit or it's something. It's some good quality concrete work. And it,
2: mm-hmm. being where it's at, if you haven't been there, it is on the canal that's main access to the gulf. Um, in the 22 years that I've been there, even when we had, we had a big no-name storm that flooded Matlache. It did not flood that building. And we did get from the hurricane, we got about six inches of water in there. But compared to what other people got in Matlache, I mean, that was, it was just sludge and cleaning up, you know, I mean, right across the street on the same canal, the fish house, they had like five feet of water and they're lower down, but whoever built that building, they did a good job. They did a really good job. Our seawall collapsed, but I mean, for being on the, it's the mangroves, you know, people need to really respect those mangroves because we're surrounded by mangroves and we're on a corner of the water. I mean. For that building to have been there was pretty astounding. No, you did great. Six yeah. inches nothing. We were nothing. very, very fortunate. Yes. Very fortunate for where we were at. And I was like, there are times when it, the parking and all that stuff where I'm like, man, should I move this place? I'm like, no.
0: <laughs>
2: it withstands everything.
0: <laughs> it's in a nice location. It is. It You're is surrounded nice by spot. great stores. Oh, you know, absolutely. I yeah. love Alachae and I love
2: just the business owners. They are great. know, We all try to band together and help each other out. It's been rough and it's been, you know, A slow crawl coming back, but not as she'll get there. People at Pine Island are very strong.
1: So when you're out taking photos, and obviously your goal is to create something that excites you and others will like, but any good stories that you can think of? I mean, here you are traipsing through, I think you mentioned earlier, mangroves and stuff like that, unexpected encounters with wildlife or...
2: Nothing harrowing. Nothing I mean, I did... Have a cr- a coyote once walk right in front of me in Gulp Preserve, but it it was not like close close, but it was like was he by himself? It was by himself, and he stopped in the road, looked, and then just kept walking on. And I was like, all right, that's that's okay, you just keep going doing your thing. Um, I have literally been like a few inches away from an alligator, and not realizing it <gasps> once, because you know when you're behind a lens, you're just like mm, taking the picture. <laughs> the alligator see you? It, I it probably did. Yeah, that was actually in Blue Crab Key. Um and they have like a big pond there and i walked up to the shore and i was like taking a picture of a bird it wasn't even like you know like a professional um there i was just let me take a picture of that bird and then i looked down and i'm like there's an alligator head literally right there this is why you should really be observant and i just backed oh my up. gosh no issue it didn't care but you know you gotta be That's careful scary it's a lesson learned you know i i am definitely more careful around bodies of water even you know gulf preserve has some some alligators in it and i've seen them from a distance <laughs> a safe distance but sometimes when you're doing wildlife you kind of almost i'm not gonna say don't care but you're a little more risky than you should be you
1: know trying to get that shot yeah yeah or get it right uh, yeah take you, it from the right perspective yeah
2: and i don't have a lot of like wide range lenses lenses i don't have that i'm not that fancy of a photographer <laughs> but but so you you know sometimes you push you got to have a healthy understanding but uh, you do push the, the limits sometimes. Um, there's a big the Charlotte Harbor down on Burn Store. There's a big preserve there, and they have alligators that will lay in the middle of the hiking trail, and they got signs everywhere, and I don't understand how that's not dangerous. I mean I I don't know if they're just used to people or well fed. But they will literally lay there and the, and you you know you wait for them to move or go another way but you can get really close to them. It's scary. It's very big very scary. Alligators, big alligators. And, I mean, there's signs everywhere, but nothing that says, like, don't go this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay. I don't know.
1: So sometimes with landscape photography, I know people will kind of default off to telephoto lens. I think more so maybe out west, you know, where they're trying to pull the mountain closer when it gives you a different effect. You've mentioned a couple of times that you tend to lean towards wide angle, kind of, What's the thought process there? What drove it to you? What do you like about that effect other than having to correct the perspective when yeah. you're editing?
2: Um, I just like how wide of the field you can get, you know, especially with the landscape. I mean, you can get almost a three hundred and six, sometimes a 360 degree view, and then, you know, you can edit it to make it look a little better, cut it down, crop it to what you want. But uh, I, I also like that that it's a manual lens that, Makes you work harder, a little bit harder to get the shot that you want to get. And it's sharper. Like it tends to get everything instead of focusing up front or out back. It's going to focus on the whole wide picture. And I like that. I you know, I have some of those lenses that do make you focus on one thing. It, it, it can be difficult with the cat sometimes. Like it'll be like, <laughs> I want to focus on that cat. And then another cat will walk up in front and it's like, ah, it focused on the wrong thing. It's on the nose and not even the cat in the back. you know that can be difficult but wide angle lenses you you usually everything's going to be in focus you do lose some clarity unfortunately because it is such a wide angle but I I like them and I like the way they look when they're bigger pictures I've always preferred wide angles I don't know
1: has anybody ever looked at one of your photos and then maybe gone to the spot and have they ever come back and said well like where were you at or or it didn't look like that when I was there because I do think there is a there is a the human eye is an amazing device, but you're kind of fooling it to a certain extent, whether it's wide angle or telephoto.
2: Yeah. I have not had people tell me that, but I do have people that I'll be like, I know that spot and I've seen that. And I know exactly where that's at. You mm-hmm. know, So I've had that, but I don't think I've had too many people come in and say, I went to that same spot. It did not look like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't do a lot of like post editing where I don't, I don't really do Photoshop. I don't like to, cause some people have, you know, been like, oh, that's been photoshopped. I don't, I don't change things. I will brighten up colors. I will enhance it in that way. And like, I like the, you know, the deeper tones of things, but I don't, I don't make up stuff. I'm not that kind of person. I'm not going to remove all the cars. I have a Matt Lachey shot and people are like, I I took that picture because there were no cars for like five minutes. I was like, I wanted people to see that sometimes there's not traffic in Matt Lachey. <laughs> you know? But people are like, well, you had to do. I did not take out the cards. I, I, you know, I could maybe do that, but I'm not that talented. I don't want to do that. That's a lot of work to be photoshopping things in and out of pictures. I don't, you know, put a sky that wasn't there. I don't put animals that weren't in the picture. And, I, and nothing against that. It can look amazing. People can do really good jobs doing that. It's just that's tedious. <laughs> I don't have time for that. I do basic things. I know what I like to edit and how I do it. I usually have presets where I'm like just going to brighten that up darken that color sharpen something and that's it
1: (laughs) but you bring up an interesting point i think and possibly still today photoshop became a bad word because it it went from touch-ups which i think virtually every photographer does even back in your dark room you were dodging and burning and doing stuff versus changing something putting something in that wasn't there when you were there taking something out Uh, and i know people say well that you know, that tree limb was uh, bothering the view, and they just did. Take... So they'll make minor, and I suppose everybody lands at different places on the issue. But um, I know one time there was, um, I think it was, there was a building here, and it was multicolored or something like that. When you first brought it up on the computer, I mean, they say, well, that wasn't the building of the color. Well, that was the camera's interpretation mm-hmm. of that color. So you do make, you know, you yeah, boost you something change, here, yeah. change saturation. Yeah. You lower something yeah. else. Um, invariably there's dust spots maybe you clean up a couple of those dust spots or something like that but so you do you obviously you do some but you're just trying to is it correct to assume that you're trying to recreate what you saw versus right. trying to change
2: yes yeah yeah I'm not I'm not trying to make something that wasn't there yeah I mean there I think one time somebody asked me to take a power line out of a picture for them and I did do that uh, again that stuff is tedious to me. Oh. You know, to be messing around with that. Some people are very good. I mean, even I can be not uh, I'm gonna use the word bamboozled. I can fall for a fake picture and be like, that is so amazing. If it's really amazing, it's probably been
0: not, it's not really, you know, like <laughs> No, but power lines, Yeah, it's not that hard anymore. Lightroom, it, it's,
2: it's not pretty simple yeah, with you lightroom. you do all those things. I just, at that time, I was not the greatest at that, I,
0: that it, If it bothers you, though. Yeah, if it does. There's I, a way you know, to do
2: there, it. I think I've taken some boat pictures where I'm like, let me just clean that really disgusting boat dirt off the side of it. But other than that, I'm not, you know, I want to capture that moment and what it, yes, it looks way nicer than what you saw it in your eye, but... It's still that's that's the original thing. That's what was there, you know.
0: It, and you're telling a story, yeah. So that's what's important.
2: Yeah, I um I had some friends that asked me to take a picture down at the end of St. James at the very end where not not that there's speech there, but there was a pier there, and you know, little sand. Um, it was an important spot for them for their engagement and uh for their anniversary I took some pictures and it is you know it's a very small little area with some sand and the pier and and put up like little initial names of them but like the lighting and I darkened the colors a little bit and it just looks so vibrant. It looked like an unreal place. If it and it didn't look like the same as if you were standing there staring at it. But that is the picture. It's just, you know, the colors are a little brighter. You know the sky's a little bit darker. You know it's just it, and it for being something so simple and so small, if you're there, you know, it's a little tiny area. I don't know if the pier's is even still there. No, it's not. Yeah. I didn't think it was. I mean, there's not much to that little area, but it looks up, and, you know, they blew it up huge for their anniversary and it, it looks like a really cool destination place. Like, you know, like a beach and it,
0: well, it's not, but,
2: but it was, you know,
0: And tropical points make, like that too. Yeah. And I, you'd I think I that was some, there. Well, for kayak launching, it's yeah. great. But that looks like, oh, this is a big beach on the island. Well, no, it isn't. It's little. <laughs>
2: when I was younger, it was it's never beach, but there was a nice strip of area. And, yeah. you know, people didn't care if you were out there playing in the water. Mm-hmm. Now it's like that little rock in that little spot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: that's the one thing where the, where the island without a beach. <laughs> yeah, and
0: that's okay.
1: So you talk about that you're limited on space, but even given that you have plans for additional gift items or or changing up i know you probably just rearrange just to make it different so when people come in yeah, something yeah we just move stuff but-
2: around yeah are you expanding um i mean we're always trying to think of new things to have in the store but
0: but not the building you're not gonna no i'm not anytime soon
2: <laughs> uh you know like i said it's been a slow crawl back for matt lachey so uh in the future yeah i mean i would i would love to come up with something else and have multiple businesses. I you know, I'm always trying to think of always hustling, trying to think of something new, something else the island could use. But yeah, that's kinda I think I get that. Both my parents, like I said, have had businesses. They've been doing their own thing for their most of their life. That kinda ingrained in me to do my own thing. Yeah. yeah. Change it up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would like to um yeah. I'd love to do something more with animals because I do love animals.
0: <laughs> that's you know. Well yeah, with a yeah helping paws. Yeah, I've been trying to tell her do a cat cafe <laughs> but that you know that'd be fun that or all you can have a little money. adoption over there yeah. you know yeah in the
2: parking lot yeah or something yeah we're on especially with the with that being a non you you have to always kind of be fundraising and thinking of things to to pay to have those you know the cat food and all the stuff that goes with that it's expensive um so we're always trying to collectively come up with ideas of what could be good for this what could raise some money for funds for this and you know, that kind of also goes along with being a business owner. You're always
0: thinking, what can I do? <laughs> yeah. Try something else, yeah. you know?
1: What? So uh, remind everybody of the location and then what are the hours in case they want to drop by and see some of the gifts and possibly mail a card.
2: Yeah, mail a card <laughs> or two. Uh, yep. We are at 4547 Pine Island Road in Matlaché across from the Perfect Cup. Um, like I said, we've been there for over 50 years and uh, we are open Monday through Friday. to 4.30. Um, Temporarily, we are having Saturday hours. We never have um, 11 to 2 on Saturdays for the season. We're seeing how that's going because none of the... Pineland used to be open, but they got closed down after the hurricane. So none of the other offices are open on Saturday hours. So we're trying to do a few just for people that absolutely need to, you know, get something mailed. Um, Yeah, we have gifts, souvenirs, and all your postal needs. We are there.
0: Well, and during season tends to be busy on saturday
2: it does yep yep and uh you know in the past years for season traffic is bad and people don't necessarily want to drive off of pine island so if they can make it to matlashay we are there for them and
0: you know? walk up and down both sides of yeah. the street the business is, i mean
2: as slow of a crawl it's been the support that we have had has been really great i mean people are they want to help and they are Every day, someone comes in and talks about what happened with the hurricane, and, and that they're there to support and just shop locally. It is very inspiring and heartwarming to, to see that how people have really come out to support everybody that needs it.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was great. It oh, was interesting. Yeah, you know, it wasn't that hard, was it? No, it absolutely. Congratulations. Was not hard. It's your first podcast. And you did great. Podcast. You and sound I, wonderful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you for having me.
1: We hope you enjoyed our Pine Island Experience podcast. If you have any ideas for us, people to interview, or any comments, please feel free to email them to us at pineislandexperience at gmail.com. That's pineislandexperience, all one word, at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us, and you may subscribe to this podcast using all the major catchers like Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. And remember, island life is a constant vacation. We'll see you on the next podcast.